0: Just a week or so ago, I was uh, driving to a service and Lord laid a pastor friend on my heart and I called him just to, just to chat, see how he was doing, see how things were going. And in the midst of that conversation, the Lord began to speak to me, deal with my heart about where the church, not just the church or the congregation, I should say that he is leading or, or the assembly that he is leading. But the church as a whole. And the Lord dropped a word into my spirit. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. He was describing to me the frustrations that they had dealt with that year. All of the things that had happened Throughout the course of that calendar year that seemed to impede progress. To slow down momentum. Mm. He began to describe to me the interruptions that they were encountering. Hallelujah. And as he was talking, the Lord dropped this one word into my spirit. Are you ready? It was... Resurgence. Resurgence. Woo-ha. Resurgence. Nobody likes to be interrupted. Come on, that was easy. I gave you a softball. Nobody likes to be interrupted. But we all deal with the frustration of interruption in our lives. It's just part of life. Mm. It frustrates us. Mm. It causes us many times to lose our forward momentum. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Most of us love beginnings, New Year's Day, fresh vision, fresh initiative fresh list of goals, we enjoy the energy of starting, of launching out, we can see what we want the end to look like, and we just envision this straight path from where I am to where I'm going. But along that path, something happens called interruption. Things show up that we did not account for. Things happen that we did not plan for. Hallelujah. Husbands, I'm going to give you fair warning. You just look straight for the next few minutes. Don't don't make eye contact with your wife. I love starting projects. I feel like some ladies were ready to take off right there. A few weeks ago, I had a few hours on a Saturday afternoon, and I said, Honey, got a few hours. Is there anything I can do to help? Some of you men should have wrote that down. But a few seconds later, I almost regretted asking. She said, you know that painting project that we started in the bedroom? She said, if you could finish that, that'd be great. I remember thinking, man, this room's gonna look good when we're done. It's gonna be beautiful, Pastor. And I can't remember what interrupted the project. But almost 12 months later, there was still a paint can in my closet with a brush right on top and a little thin line right across the top of the wall, just waiting for me every night, looking at me, reminding me of my failure. You got 98% done. I wanted to use more of a comedic example today, one that is perhaps relatable. But on a much deeper level, there are things that we launch out to accomplish in the kingdom, in our walk with God, in our personal development. We see the kind of person that we want to be. We read the word of God and we say, that's the kind of man of God that I want to be. We read these stories and we say, I want to be like Esther. I want to be like Abigail. I want to be a man after God's own heart like David. I want to have that wisdom that Solomon had. I want to have that faith and dedication like Paul had. And we start out with good intentions. But interruptions woo, Interruption comes into our life uninvited. Interruption is very serious. It often comes through the door of disruption. Disruption causes decay. Because we think we're just going to step away for a moment. Mm. But the longer we step away, we begin to lose the vision that we had. We begin to lose the momentum that we had. And the more that time goes by, we think, man, I, I don't know if I got the energy to do it again. You know, I, I don't have the same inspiration that I had when I started this thing. I, I know I want to be a man of prayer, but I I just can't seem uh, to get back in the routine. I, I, I know I want to be a man that fast. I, I know I want to be a lady that intercedes, but I, I just can't seem. Uh, let's go to John Chapter 11 together. We're going to begin reading with verse 1. John chapter 11. If you have it, say amen. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Why is this verse here? It's giving us the context of relationship. There was a history here between Jesus and this family. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. God, it's us. We're your people. We're in your inner circle. Remember, you love us. We have relationship with you. And we need you right now. God, we got a situation that is dire. A situation that is urgent. And we need you to show up right now. Any of you ever come to the Lord like that before? Lord, it's me. Your son, remember I talk to you every morning. Lord, I've been baptized in your name. Lord, we have a relationship. We got a history, God. You've done things for me in the past. You've showed up in my storms prior to today. And God, I got an urgent situation. Something has happened that we did not plan for, and we need you to show up. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. I never saw it until just a few weeks ago. But when you bring an urgent petition to God, no matter what happens after that prayer, you need to understand that God put a boundary on your problem the moment you brought it to him. He said, this sickness is not unto death. They had no idea what he was going to do after that moment, but he said, here is my response. I'm putting a boundary on your sword. I'm putting a fence around your... You know why the Lord did that? Because he doesn't always respond the way we expect him to. And even when he doesn't respond the way you expect him to, he knows that you know that you ought to be able to trust in whatever word he gives you. So no matter what happens that day moving forward, he said, this sickness is not unto death. When you walk away from here, no matter what I do after this, that's your promise. That's your hope. That's your boundary. That's the fence around your issue. And that's the word that you need to remember. I may not show up when you think I should. Things may not go the way that you think they should. But I already put a boundary on the problem. Now Jesus... Loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Don't let love cloud the issue. Sometimes when we love and are loved, we think our expectation ought to dictate the action of the people that we love and that love us. They came saying, hey, we have a relationship. We have a history. So we expect you to do what we want, when we want. That's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Jesus loves you, but he's still God. Jesus loves you, but he's still Lord. Jesus loves you, but he's still Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And just because he loves me doesn't mean I get to dictate how he reacts to my urgent situation. Ah. Mm. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. If y'all can't relate to this, and this is your first day in church, how many of you have come to God with an urgent request? And the Lord said, "Uh uh-huh, I heard you. Uh, You know, I'm just going to chill here a while. Doesn't even say what he was doing. I'm I'm not done being where I'm at. I'm going to stay right here. Sometimes we need to believe what we hear more than what we see. He said, this sickness is not unto death first. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Mm. Next verse. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go unto Judea again. What? Say what? He sat there for two days. And now he went a different direction. What are you doing, God? God, my situation's urgent. But I see you answering their prayer. That could have waited. I know all about that mess. You could have put that on the back burner. I need you now. What are you doing in Judea? I need you in my house. I had an interruption show up and I need you right now. What are you doing in Judea? Tell you something, friends. The church has gone through a season of interruption. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Coming out of 2019 in December into 2020, there was a surge of revival beginning. I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember. There was a surge of revival that was happening. It was being written about in all kinds of editorials. The Spirit-filled church was the fastest-growing church. There was a surge happening. And then an interruption showed up. And it knocked people. It knocked people right out of common sense. People couldn't see straight anymore. People couldn't make sense of anything anymore. I watch as people begin to forget who we were and who we certain. Interruption showed up and we begin to lose our mind. We begin to lose our way. And there's been a residue of that interruption that has lingered in the church. It messed up our momentum. You know what happened? We went from this season of revival where we were thriving and we shifted gears into a season of survival. People went from, yeah, we want global harvest to... I wish that trumpet would sound today because I don't know if I can even get out of bed. That's what interruption did to the faith level of the people of God. But I've come to preach to you today, enough is enough. This is the end of that interruption that has caused a decay in the hearts and minds of the church of the living God. I've come to preach. To you uh, in 2023, uh, there is a resurgence, uh, a resurgence uh, of faith, uh, a resurgence uh, of revival. <laughs> Pastor, begin to affect our vision. Uh, Begin to affect our language. Begin to affect our narrative. People stopped talking about revival, and instead they started talking about politics. People stopped talking about miracles, and instead they started talking about inflation. People stopped talking about the things of God. There's going to be a resurgence of a kingdom narrative in the church again. The people of Ga'atorushatandaramakaya are going to begin to talk about the latter rain. They're going to begin to talk about greater things than these shall you do. There's going to be a shift in the vision and the mindset of the people of God as a divine resurgence comes on the church. I was driving that night and the Lord dropped that word in my spirit and got to the hotel and unpacked and went to bed and that next morning as the Lord roused me from my sleep immediately the first thing that came to my mind was go and look up that word, resurgence. Woo. Any of you ever heard of the word resurgence before? I had heard of it and I thought I knew what it meant wasn't really part of my daily vocabulary, right? You don't go around just saying resurgence all the time. So I looked it up. And my mind was blown. It was a small explosion, but it was blown anyway. This is what it said, Pastor. A continuing after interruption. A renewal. Oh, you're not impressed yet. Let me read you the rest. A restoration to use, activity, vigor, and revival. That's what Webster said. Ah. Definition number 3, the act of rising again or resurrection. In the Holy Ghost said, I am activating resurrection power in my church again in 23. There is going to be a resurgence in my church. I t- Resurgence. You ought to say that. You ought to say, I prophesy a resurgence in my life. I prophesy a resurgence in my spirit. I prophesy a resurgence in my family. In the name of Jesus. You ought to lift your voice right now. There's something breaking off of the church of the living. A prophesy resurgence in this city in the name of Jesus. Pastor, it began to make perfect sense to me why over 30 times last year the Lord put it in my spirit to preach, prophesy. He said that... He said prophesying was the preamble of the resurgence. If I can get the word back in their mouth, there's nothing that can stop the resurgence in my church. He said when they speak thankfulness, when they speak life, when they speak victory, when they speak wellness, when they speak revival, there will be a resurgence in my church. You may be seated. Ha <sighs> uh-huh. Jump down to verse 20 with me. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Some people need a special invitation when God shows up. I'm gonna stay right here till he comes to my pew, calls my name, prophesies directly to my situation. Listen up, Mary. Jesus just walked in the room a few moments ago. This is your special invitation uh, to get up uh, and come out uh, and see what the Lord is doing uh, in 2023. Uh, If you washed his feet with your hair before, uh, if you sat at his feet before, uh, you ought to rise up uh, when the news comes uh, that he's showing up again. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Lord, we tried to tell you, we notified you of the urgency. But you just had to stay where you were for two days. And then go to Judea. And now it's too late. But I know that even now, this is Martha continuing to speak, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? That's dangerous. See, when we bring God a problem... We expect a performance. God, I need you to perform. We see it like God is doing something. He's performing something. But when you bring your problem to God, you have not invited God to perform or to act, you've invited God to step into that situation, and what he is begins to flow into your need. He said, Martha, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. When I step into a situation and there is death, I can't help but resurrect what is dead because resurrection is who I am. When there's a need, I Can't help but supply it because provider is who I am. When there's sickness, I can't help but heal because Jehovah Rapha is who I am. When you invite God into your situation he is the boundary he is now the beginning the middle and the end of that problem he said my nature is gonna flow into this situation and everything I am everything I have always been and everything I will always be is going to meet that need Uh, we all know the story I'm going to shrink this down for you I've been preaching 35 minutes I'm almost done we know how it goes the Lord says Lazarus come forth forth. (sighs) actually first he commands the tomb to be opened Some of you already put a seal on your issue. But God put a boundary on it four days ago. Why would you put this stone here when I put a fence around it four days ago? Move that stone. Lazarus, come forth. You know how the story goes. Lazarus stands up. But he can't move. Why can't he move? The grave clothes have got him bound in a tomb that he was never meant to be in. He accepted the grave clothes of interruption. Somebody bound him up and said, this interruption is the end of you. We're going to put a seal on you. We're going to wrap you up in these clothes, and we're going to mourn and forget about you. When I was standing there, she was inviting me to come up. what I felt in my spirit and this is why I had us pray to begin with before we ever started. I looked around this room the Lord said, there's a lot of people in here that want to step into 23 and be a part of this resurgence but they are bound by their grave clothes they are bound by their old way of thinking bound by their old way of feeling bound by their old way of believing he said what needs to happen today is somebody he said I need somebody to go in there where it stinks and take the grave clothes off of Lazarus because they are keeping him in a place where he cannot move forward. Lazarus couldn't do it for himself. He needed a believer to come and cut those grave clothes off of him. Let me tell you something, friend today in this altar God is going to release apostolic operation and demonstration. There is going to be a mighty deliverance as brother prays for brother and sister prays for sister and God is going to use somebody in this room to pray with you and help you be free of the grave clothes that have bound you to your past. You need to hear this preacher today. If you woke up this morning thinking everything's the same, then you're the exact person that I'm preaching to right now. You need somebody to come and take the grave clothes off of you this morning and say it really is different. Things really are happening. God really is moving. God has showed up. And he's ready to release a resurgence in your life today. Come on, would you stand to your feet this morning? Mm. I want you to close your eyes for a moment right now. ah. Uh, before I open these altars, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to begin to talk to the Lord. I want you to begin to see the areas of your life right now that have suffered from interruption. The places where momentum was broken. The places where vision was lost. The places where the decay of time has robbed you of your passion and your inspiration. For the things of God. I want you to think back to where interruption robbed you of a kingdom mindset. And all you can think about are the things of Egypt. I'm telling you today, there's going to be a resurgence of a kingdom mindset in the people of God Come on, every person in this room. Before I open these altars, you need to say that over yourself, God. I prophesy a resurgence of a kingdom mindset. A resurgence of a kingdom mindset. Let me tell you something. For the last three years, interruption has caused people to become obsessed with themselves, completely self centered, and only thinking about what affects their life and what's happening in their own orbit but in 2023 there's going to be a restoration of a kingdom mindset in the church